Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Love is not just a word. It's an action. It follows through from the words. And you'll discover something. It's a verb. John 14, 15. Look at it. Jesus says this. If you love me, you'll obey what I command. So we discover there's a direct connection between love and obedience. If I'm going to respond to God's love, I'm going to respond with praise and words. But I'm also going to respond with loving actions, obedience. In Jesus, we see what true love is. Love breaks down barriers and overcomes obstacles. This love endures rejection and misunderstanding to bring reconciliation, healing, peace, and life. In Christ, we see God's great commitment to love us to perfection, to do all that is necessary to give us the fullness of love. So, in today's message, Pastor Mark encourages us to love one another. If God is love, then that means this is what we were created for, to love each other in Christ. And in doing so, the world will see Jesus through us. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the book of 1 John chapter 4, verse 7, with part one of our message entitled, Responding to God's Gift of Love. Turn to the book of First John. It's right near the end of the, the Bible, Revelation. You just back two or three. Anybody here at any of our campuses remember the Beatles? Yeah. Let's see if you remember the song. If you do, you can kind of join in with me. All you need is love. All you need is love, love. All you need is love, love, love. Love is all you need. How many remember that? Brings back memories, doesn't it? Elvis loved me tender. Well, oh. Well, the Beatles got it right, because life is all about love. But here's where they got it wrong. They didn't understand what love is. You see, love is not something that started with humans. It isn't really about a song. And they were clueless. And you're going to hear this. In fact, you're going to say it all week here today. First thing, you can just write it so you remember to say it. It's not complicated. Here it is. God is love. Say it with me this morning. God is love. You see, the Bible in 1 John chapter 4, where I've asked you to turn, this is what John's going to talk about. Look at verse 7. Dear friends, let us love one another. For love, notice, comes from God. It didn't come from the Beatles. didn't come from Elvis. It came from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. 
Now, whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. So John returns again to the subject of love that kind of fills the whole book of 1 John. God is love. But we learn something else that maybe you haven't heard or maybe forgot. We learn something else. God is the source of love. Notice, let us love one another for love comes, starts, source of love. Now here's the issue. What is the love that God is? What's the love that the Bible talks about? In the Greek language, there's lots of reasons and meanings for love. A family love, a friendship love, a sexual love. But this is a different love. This is who God is. First thing for you to write this morning, the Greek word is agape. You and I, that's not our language. So what does it mean? It means selfless, other-centered love. It's really God's love. Now, no human ever gets this perfect, but this is our goal. This love describes the character in the heart of God. And it's something that needs to be not just known about, but it needs to be experienced. Would you just tap your neighbor on, on the shoulder and say to them this morning, God is, is love. Just, just do it this morning. Remind them. Now, if, if you and I walked out of this building and went to the mall and tapped people on the shoulder in the mall and said, God is love, what do you think the response would be? See, most people that are unbelievers do not understand what you just said. Now, let me give you a verse. The unbelievers don't believe this. Look at this verse from Psalms. It's an amazing verse. God, the Lord, is compassionate. He's merciful. He's slow to get angry. And he's filled with, notice, unfailing love. You see, the world, by and large, is in dark about God and his love. At best, at best, they would say, well, I I definitely wouldn't say God is love, but he's indifferent. He just is out there, and he's not a personal God. He's just aloof. He made the world, and that's about it. But many other believers, they would not even go that far. Here's what they would say. No, God's an angry God. My son died. My mom died. I had a friend die. They lost their job. What kind of a God is that? And see, that comes because they blame the bad things in life on God. But we just read, God doesn't do that. Understand, Satan has come to steal, kill, and destroy. But they can't separate that. That that anger at God comes because of a tragedy In life, you might be here this morning at one of our campuses. And I say, God is loving you. You you won't even say it because you're hurting. I want to try to show you this morning why he is love and that he's waiting for you to respond to him. Now, how does God really respond to a world that doesn't believe he's love? Well, he did it. Solution number one, God put skin on and he sent his son Jesus to the earth And when Jesus came, Jesus walked the earth, and he said this to the people. You've never seen God, but if you've seen me, you've seen God. And so he began to show the world what God looked like. Second, once you and I become a Christian, a Christ follower, we're to show by our actions. See, Jesus is gone now. Well, who's going to show the world 
Jesus did a great job of it, but who's going to show the world today what God looks like? That's our responsibility. Now, I want to show you something called the love triangle. It's very simple. You see it at all of our campuses and those of you watching online. It's God and me and people. Notice the three corners. Now, at the top is God. Now, why is that? Because everything in life starts with God. And the first thing that you'll notice, it just put down there with you, where it says me, or you can use you. God loves us. He shows us he loves us. And as a response of that, I'm to, to love him back because I didn't deserve it. And you'll see this morning, I even prayed it in our opening prayer. You didn't choose God. God chose you. And so he poured his love on me, and I'm to respond to God that way. Now, my response to God is not just to thank God. But notice, there's an, let's put that triangle back up. There, there's another corner. It's people. So to complete the triangle of love, it's never about God and just me. It's always about God and me and others. So I'm to, I'm to share with people how good God is. And then that person can themselves respond back to God by accepting him to be their savior. And then, of course, that continues around and that, that triangle becomes complete. Now, when Jesus came to earth, he began doing that. His teachings and his action showed us what God was like. Now, what did Jesus teach about this thing called love? Let me read it to you. Jesus replied, Matthew 22, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and all your mind. The big question is, how? How do we love love God with everything we have? How do we respond? If I'm supposed to love God, is it an emotion? It is an emotion. Love is a noun. It is an emotion, an intense feeling, deep affection. So how did you respond this morning with, an, with this emotion in, in loving God? For 20 minutes, you did what? You worshiped. See, worship isn't like, wow, look at the bands. No, worship is, how great is God? And that was an emotion. You sent your love back to God as a worship to God. That's why we challenge you to worship. Now, if you're married, how do you show your love to God? Well, sometimes you have to say it. Worship, we say the words. If you're married this morning, what is a, what does a wife want to hear from her husband? Come on, ladies. I'm waiting. I give you an opportunity now. You want to hear your husband say what? I love you. But, you know, we still have some of you macho idiots out there, and here's what you say. I told you in the, in the vows when we got married, I love you, and if it changes, I'll let you know. No, that's crazy. So, husbands, you're here now. This is a great opportunity for you. You ready? So I want you, if you're married this morning, husband, you just turn to your wife and give her a little kiss and tell her, I love you. Just go ahead and say it. Go ahead. Go on. Go on. Man, that's so, that so chills down some of those ladies. They, they don't know what to do now. <laughs> Praise God. Good job. Terrific. I watched some of you. <laughs> you, you. You can kiss in church. It's okay. God put you together. It's all right. So love does have words. But you have something on your bracelet. What's it say? Love is a... Tell me. Take a look on the overhead. Love is a... What does that mean? It's action. Now, ladies, I'm going to give you another chance. You ready? The words, I love you, were good. Now, here's what I want you to do. 
I want you to turn to your husband and say this. If you really love me, you'd take me out for lunch. Go ahead. <laughs> come on, come on. D- tell him, tell him, tell him right now. Man, this is a date place. Vieira, come on, tell him. Sebastian, come on. Now, I know what some of your husbands are going to say. I'll take you for a coffee. <laughs> oh, you generous giver, it's free. Come on. All right. So, love is not just a word. It's an action. It follows through from the words. And you'll discover something. It's a verb. John 14, 15. Look at it. Jesus says this. If you love me, you'll obey what I command. So we discover there's a direct connection between love and obedience. If I'm going to respond to God's love, I'm going to respond with praise and words, but I'm also going to respond with loving actions, obedience. But then Jesus went on to teach more. Watch what he did. In Matthew 22, 39, he says this, and the second great commandment is to love your neighbor as yourself. In other words, neighbor means people in general, family, neighbors, co-workers, fellow believers. Amazingly, Jesus speaks, even our enemies. So what Jesus says is this, you you can't separate, remember the triangle, loving God, but ignore people. No, loving God, you're going to love people. If I love God, I will love other people. But Jesus didn't just teach about love. He modeled it. He proved it. Look at verse 9. This is how God, notice, showed I'll talk a lot about this at the end. We have to show love to our world. This is how God showed his love among us. Well, how did he do that? He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love, verse 10. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. So God himself showed love. God so loved the world, he gave He's generous. He didn't just say, I love you, but he gave. He gave his son. And when it came to Jesus, Jesus didn't say, God, I love you, but I'll obey you. And he did something for us. He obeyed God and went to the cross, paid for your sin. So how do I respond when that happens in my life? Some of you yet have never responded at our campuses to God's love. You've never asked God to establish a relationship with you. It was amazing last night. I was watching, every once in a while I watch this interesting, uh, he's a priest, but he's definitely a different priest. And, and he's talking about, I have altar calls, I have people come down and accept the Lord, and my eyes are open, and this guy is amazing. And what he said is, as I'm teaching, there's so many people that they just come to church and that's it. They think they're going to heaven. He said, no, you have to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Hello, Yes. See, that's love. So you have to respond to God's love, not just with words. But I'm going to give you an opportunity at the end of the service today. You respond to God's love with repenting of your sins. You you can't fix yourself. You you believe that Jesus did die for you. and, And you receive him by faith into your life, and then you begin walking after him. Now, I wrote up... I wrote a response to how we are to respond to God, and it's a Balmer translation, so you already know there's a problem with it. So look at verse 11. Let me read it to you. Here's our response to God, since he loved us. Dear friends, dear friends, since God so loved us, now here's the Balmer translation, listen. 
Now you can go and live however you want. Is that right? No, it isn't right. Look at verse 11. Dear friends, since God loved us, we ought to also love one another. Now look at me. All the campus, look at me. I've told you, if I've told you once, I've told you a million times. I know, don't exaggerate. Coming to Christ, following Jesus Christ is not an event. It's a lifestyle. There's going to be, I wish I didn't have to say this, there's going to be thousands, if not millions of people are going to be shocked on Judgment Day. Well, I came to salvation back there in, in uh, 2007. Well, what'd you do with it? Well, I don't need to do anything with it. I went and did my own life. My sins are forgiven. That was ne- That's why we call it a Christ follower. So if you're here this morning and say, well, I already did that deal. It isn't a deal. It's a lifestyle. When you get married, it's not a deal. It's a lifestyle. And so you need to follow God. He didn't save you to do your own thing. We're not our own anymore. Some of you need to make a recommitment. Some of you actually need to get saved today at our campuses. You've been coming for so long. You've been religious, good people, but you've never really followed God. So can I challenge you this morning to be real at the end of the service and just allow God to change your heart once and for all and begin responding in the right way? Now, look, scoot down to verse 20. It goes on, and I'll be back to verse 12 in a minute. Look at all of our campuses. Whoever claims to love God, yet hates his brother or sister, another believer, is a liar. For whoever does not love their brother and sister, whom they've seen, cannot love God, whom they've not seen. And look at verse 21. It gets pretty, pretty tight. And he has given us this command. Anyone who loves God must also love God their brother or their sister. Now, when we have the Word of God, the Word of God comes to us and it's, it's for teaching us, which we're doing this morning. It's for encouraging us, and I've got lots to encourage you with today, but sometimes it's to correct us. I'm sure in our campuses that I'm speaking to right now and online, there's a few of you in, the, in, in our campuses and you have a problem with another believer and you've not solved the problem. Hate doesn't have to be the word hate. It just could be you're angry, you're separated, you gossip against them. It's not right. You need to get that corrected. It's interfering with you. Well, say, I will as soon as that person comes and solves the issue with me. Nope. Matthew 18 says, you be the mature person. Go to them. Well, I didn't do anything wrong, best of my... Go to them anyway and say, if, if there's something wrong, I just apologize. That's maturity. See, love is others-centered. What did Jesus do on the cross? Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Life is too short to live in unforgiveness. You'll become bitter. You'll never enjoy life. It'll affect every aspect of your life. Would you just obey the command you just read? Make it right. Now, you say, well, Pastor Mark, what if they don't make it right? That's not your problem. You do what God says, and you're finished. They then have to respond to God. So let me challenge you. This is real. This is the world we live in. You will get hurt. You can't, you can't live without getting hurt from other people. So you do the right thing. God will give you the strength to do it. Now, when we respond and we're in what we just heard, I can't say I love God if I'm at odds with a person. That doesn't mean you're going to be best friends forever. It just means you've done what God asked you to do and you just leave it alone. But notice what that does in the triangle. Look at this triangle. We respond to God's love by loving others. And what does it do? It completes the triangle. We we respond to God's love, not just in loving God, but we have to make it right with other believers. It is just something that happens. Now go back to verse 12, 1 John chapter 4, verse 12. 
where we left off, look at this. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us, and his love is made complete in us. Look what John says. John says, the invisible God lives in us. At salvation, God, the Holy Spirit comes. The invisible God lives in us. Now, can I see God in me? No, he's invisible. The invisible God lives in us. But as I love others, as I put love and action to others, God's love actually becomes visible. Now, did you get that? Do I have to go through it again? God is invisible God. Nobody's ever seen him. He lives in me. But as I respond in love to people, I do good things. Hello, fall fest. Hello, inviting somebody to the, to the harvest crusade. As I do that, God's love through me becomes what? Visible. It can be seen. When Jesus walked the earth, did they know that God was love? Yes. Because how? Because he showed people. He loved people. He loved sinners. He loved to be around hurting people. He was always in, in fact, he was known as a friend of sin. He was a woman at a, committed adultery many, many times. She come in, He just loved her. And that showed us that God is love. So my actions make the invisible God visible. Because there's a definition we started with and you saying it this morning. Let's see if you can say it again. Because God is... All right, there's four of you. Let's, let's try it again. Uh, when, when I do a good thing for God, it makes God visible because God is... Love. And the world sees it. Have you ever had somebody say to you... We've had people say this to us. Why are you doing the crazy fall fest thing? Why are you doing all that? Because... Now, what do they think about the church? Only that the church is what? After whose money? Their money. But we do it free. Ah, maybe I need to rethink it. Hello! That's what it's all about. Do you you get it? Because they don't think about God the way we think. They're angry. They think he's aloof. Now, look at verse 13. This is how we know that we live in him and he in us. He has given us his spirit. And we have seen and testified that the Father has sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. John saw these things when Jesus was walking with him. If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God, God lives in him and they in God. And so we, here's the word again, we know and rely on the love God has for us. Here it is again. Say it with me. God is love. And whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. Remember, at salvation, God put the Holy Spirit in us so we could know we're children of God. It it actually looks like this. See this verse, Romans 5, 5? I love it. God has poured out His love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit whom He has given us. Jesus walked this earth and everywhere He went, He showed His Father's love to people. But now that he's gone, Pastor Mark told us it's our responsibility to show people the same kind of love that Jesus did. Jesus touched people's lives. He cared and showed compassion toward them. As Christians, we're called to do the same thing. Show love, mercy, and compassion to those we come in contact with. Maybe you're listening right now and God has placed a certain person on your heart that needs to hear this message. Or maybe you'd like to share it with all of your friends. 
there's a simple way to share this message. Log on to Lessons for Living Radio and click on the radio program option in the main menu. There, you'll find the Lessons for Living media player. In the Messages tab, simply click on today's date. Then you can share today's message directly on your Facebook page, Twitter feed, or send a link via email. You can even embed today's message directly. Again, to share today's message with friends and family members, log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Click on the radio program button, then simply click on today's date. You'll find all the options to share. Now, the next time you join us here on Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark will tell us how we're to respond to God's love for us. When you accept Jesus as your Savior, your life is changed. It's a lifestyle change. He will challenge us to be Jesus in someone's life. This means to show that special agape love to others, just like Jesus did. It will be a challenging message to how we respond to Jesus' love for us. You've been listening to Lessons for Living with Pastor Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Please join us again here on Lessons for Living, and together, let's do life right. Let us hear your lessons for this.